Welcome to Faith Church Online. Thank you so much for checking us out. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. This week we're going to talk on the Holy Spirit. So uh, uh, a lot of what I know, uh, those of you who don't know me, uh, reading and writing isn't my strong point. Um, still isn't. Uh, I met one of my work colleagues the other day, I uh, hadn't seen her for like 20 years, and we were talking about when we used to work in A&E, and she said, I used to laugh about your notes uh, in, in the clinical records, she said, because no one could read them. So I am famous for my inability to uh, write. But um, So a lot of what I know, I'm trying to talk slowly so it can be translated into Spanish. <laughs> if you get stuck, Lewis can jump in, can't you, Lewis? <laughs> I'm going to France. I've got my French head on next week. But no. um, so a lot of what I know about the Holy Spirit hasn't come from knowledge. It hasn't come from reading my Bible. It's come from my experiences of a, a young boy um, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, so I was probably eight when, I don't want to say be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Anyway, I've become awakened. Uh, it's probably a better way. I was I fasted for a, a week, not complete food, so my mum wasn't into child abuse. Um, I just ate bread for tea, hedgehog bread, by the way, that you could get from the bakery down the road, and uh, nothing else, just hedgehog bread. Um, it was shaped like a hedgehog, so that's kind of weird that we we're eating hedgehogs. But anyway, um, so I ate hedgehog bread, and the Wednesday night, my mum put me to bed. Um, about I think it was about eight. And I couldn't sleep. I just jumped up and down on my bed and was praising God. And was just so excited about the fact that, that Jesus was no longer something in a storybook. But he was something that was really in my room and really in my life. And my mum came into the room, uh, quite a new Christian, and said, I remember her arguing with God about the fact I needed to go to sleep. And then I couldn't. I was just, just I don't know, like just on fire, excited. So she said, there's this language in the Bible that you can speak in through the whole, like in, called tongues. She had no idea what it was. I was her experiment. So she said, you should speak in tongues. I didn't know what speaking in tongues was, but I spoke in tongues. Uh, this language came out of my mouth, this song, um, that I have no idea what I was singing. I just know it made me more excited. And I felt even more the presence of God and I now know that that was me having a first personal real encounter with the Holy Spirit that radically changed my life. And um, it's never been the same since. So my, so then throughout my life, um, especially when I got to my 20s and I went to a sailing center, I used to teach sailing, that was a brethren sailing center, I just presumed that everybody knew who the Holy Spirit was. So, I was, so they were like, someone's sick. I'm like, well, we'll pray they get healed. And they were like, healing doesn't happen now. That was for the early church. And I was like, no, it does. I've, I've prayed for people and they've had kidneys formed and all this. And I've prayed for people and their legs have grown. And they were like, no, yeah, that doesn't happen. I'm like, I'm really, really sorry, but it does happen because I've seen it happen. So we kind of quite rapidly fell out quite quickly. And uh, uh, so... And, but I couldn't argue from a theological place on the proof of the Holy Spirit. I could only argue from, I don't care what you think. I, haven't, I, I don't care. You can quote whatever you want. But I've met a power that comes from heaven that transforms people's lives and transforms my life. So I don't really care what your theology is. This is real to me. 
But now as I've grown and as I've gone on my journey and what I've made myself study, I now have a theology to back up my experience. So that's where I come from. So if my theology isn't quite right, I'm sorry. Go and find someone that can get it right. This is kind of more, I can tell you more about I can my experience. Does that make sense? But I know as a pastor, my experience sometimes needs to be backed up with Scripture. So here's my attempt to have grace. We may not get through it all. So the Holy Spirit, you know, page one of the Bible, the beginning, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was hovering over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So right back at the beginning, before God has done it, the, the Spirit of God was hovering. The Holy Spirit was there. And it goes on, in, and, and you hear about the creation of the world, the heavens and the earth, and the plants and the animals. And then God says, let us make, make mankind in our, in, in our in image, sorry, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over whatever I didn't put all in. By the way, we need to look after our planet because God's put us in charge of it. So whether you've been annoyed by a green uh, sailing boat stopping your commute to work, we do have a responsible for our planet. So anyway, that's a side note. But it, God, God says, let's make man in our image. So there's this language of there's more than one. You know, we know right back in the beginning that, that, there, that God is talking about an hour. God is talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all three of them were involved in creation. And, and I'm not a Bible scholar, but if you go back to that, that root word, that, that Hebrew word for, for spirit, it's this word raka. And raka is, is, um, has a lot of kind of meanings, but the common meaning to it is like energy. Uh, is like, you know, when you see the, the trees move, uh, you can see that you can't see the wind, but you can see the effect of the wind. Um, like when I when I breathe onto you, uh, hopefully I've had some mints. Um, uh, but either way, it's an experience. Um, it's that kind of we don't see the breath, but often we smell it, or often <laughs> we feel it, or often we vomit quite quickly afterwards. Let me tell you, working in A and E for for quite a few years, I got to smell some interesting smells. Uh, I got to smell some raka for some from the spirit of things. Uh, <laughs> Raka is, is kind of like, it, it, in a Hebrew sense, it's kind of like when you go into a room and you sense something. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the sense, you know, like the power of God, the, the breath of God, the, the, the fact that we, can, we, we, know he, we know who he is, but then we see him move. That's, that's kind of like what, that's the Holy Spirit. And, and it's been there right back from the beginning of time. You know, I remember when I was talking and when I was arguing with my brethren friends quite unsuccessfully, they were telling me that the, the, the Holy Spirit was for the early church. It was for the Acts church and it's not relevant to the church of today. And, and because um, my lack of theology, I can argue. But now I would argue to say, well, it actually wasn't an Acts thing. It was something that was been present since the beginning of time. But there was just an awakening through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to the Holy Spirit. But if you look back through the Bible, if you look at Joseph when he interprets the dreams, it's the Holy Spirit, the raka, the power of God that's working through him, which is giving him insight into his dreams and giving him the authority to interpret them. 
the, the building of the tabernacle, uh, Betzler, I think that's how he pronounced it, built the, rebuilt the temple, built the tabernacle, and he was a great artist, and his inspiration of what he did and what he designed come through the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we see the prophets uh, being informed on, on, on telling the, the people of the time not to go their own way and to talk about this new reality of this Jesus that's going to come through Raka, through God, through the Holy Spirit speaking through them and, and, and stirring their emotions and giving them insight into what God is doing. You know, they talk about, uh, the prophets in the Old Testament talk about, they, they, they warn uh, about going around all the stuff and the idols and all that kind of stuff. But they talk about a new reality, that something's coming that's really going to reconnect every man and woman back to God. They talk about Jesus. And then when we see Jesus coming, we see Jesus getting baptized. And then we see the Spirit of God falling on him like a dove. And Jesus goes on to create this, this new reality through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through Raka, he heals the sick. He, he, he sets free the captives. He, he casts out the demons through the Holy Spirit ministering through him, through the power of God. Are you still with me? He forgives their sins. He's creating a, a new order. He's restoring what it was meant to be like when we, were in the, when we were in the Garden of Eden, that we were so freely meant to walk in the presence of God with, with God's power and authority moving through us. You know, the disciples dis describe that Jesus was raised through the power of, of, of God, through the power of God's Spirit. They say in Romans 8:11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God has raised Christ from the dead, He will give you life to your immortal bodies by He the same Spirit living with you. They're talking about the fact that through what Jesus did is that we get to reconnect. We get to be forgiven of our sins so that we can be a perfect vessel so that the Holy Spirit can minister in us. We get to be part now in this new covenant that we have in this new uh, relationship with God where we get to be ministers of the Holy Spirit. Everybody who calls upon God and asks God to forgive them of their sins and opens up their heart to God can be asked to, to have the Spirit of the Holy Spirit to come into their lives and to see it minister through them. You're all very quiet. You know, and the Holy Spirit is still hovering, you know, in those dark places. You know, the Holy, you know, I think everybody in humanity has a spirit uh, void has this thing inside of them that wants to connect with something spiritual. Back when I was a kid in the 90s, it was rave music. And uh, we would get our glow, glow sticks and, and uh, put our smiley faces on and, and uh, all the other kind of stuff and jump up and down all night long. And it wasn't about the music. It was about a spiritual encounter. There's the, every, every part of humanity, as you look through, is looking for something spiritual because we were made in God's image. We were made to be spiritual people. And there's only one perfect fit for that spiritual hunger inside of us, and it's the Holy Spirit. It's that expression of who God is through, through his spirit that fits there perfectly. And, and you know, I've, I've got friends that have met Jesus in prison cells. I've got friends that have met Jesus. Uh, I have a friend, um, Anthony, and he, if you ask him his testimony, he was, I was in a rave in Cardiff. And I was, uh, life wasn't going really well. I was about to start taking crack cocaine. 
So life was going really bad, and I knew it wasn't good. So I went outside and said, God, if you're real, show me. And this light shone on me, and I became a Christian. When you meet Anthony, you realize that's completely plausible. Um, He came here with his apprentice who wasn't a Christian, and he said to his apprentice, Tell him what I've taught you. And I was thinking he's going to tell me something about plumbing. Jesus loved me and died for my sins. Tell him. And he basically forced his apprentice to memorize the Bible. (laughs) And said he would beat him up if he didn't. But anyway. So so there's a guy who's not from a Christian background. But he's realizing that what he's got inside of him to fill this spiritual void isn't doing it. And goes out into a car park. And the Holy Spirit falls and meets him in that moment. You know, we've got to make sure, church, that we don't rule those things out. Uh, we've got to make sure we don't rule them out because they don't fit our, our, uh, our I don't know, ordered way of church. I remember I, uh, I used to work for a, I used to go to a Christian school um, just to kind of calm me down for a while. And, uh, <laughs> and there was a guy that was in the Christian school. He was uh, a caretaker, worked with Tim's dad. And... Uh, come from the hippie convoys. You know, he used to be up in North Wales, up in the Slate Quarries, done magic mushrooms. And he met the Holy Spirit. He met God whilst on magic mushrooms. We would say, oh, no, you couldn't have met Jesus. You were on magic. Well, he met Jesus whilst off his face on magic mushrooms. Jesus turned up and showed him who he was. And yes, we had to explain that doing magic mushrooms wasn't a good, wasn't a good look. And especially if you're working for a Christian school, kind of the two. But do you know what I mean? He had a hunger inside of him for something spiritual and God turned up. The Holy Spirit was able to step into that moment and minister to him. And then as Christians, we have to unpack what's happened, who the Holy Spirit is and who Jesus is. Amen. So Jesus got put to death and, and died the ultimate sin because the, 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 the God, the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in, an, in, in us in an imperfect place because the Holy Spirit is perfect. God is perfect. God is righteous. God is perfection. And, and the problem with me, with humanity, not with me because I'm kind of perfect. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Far from it. But I'm not so for me, so in the Old Testament, for me to enter into that place, into the presence of God, would have taken rituals, and that's a whole different sermon. But, but through what Jesus did on the cross, he ran, he won the, paid the ultimate sacrifice for me to be forgiven of everything I've done wrong, everything I'm doing wrong, and everything I'm going to do wrong. Do you know what I mean? And and so that the Holy Spirit can dwell in me because I am made whole through Christ. That makes sense. So if you want the Holy Spirit to, the Holy Spirit can meet you. He can meet you in a rave. He can meet you up some slate mine. And he can meet you in all these different places. But if you want him to dwell in you, therefore you have to recognize who Jesus is, who died on the cross for your sins, and ask for his forgiveness so the Holy Spirit can dwell in you. So you can have an experience. See, this is my deal. You can have an experience of the Holy Spirit, or you can have the Holy Spirit be in you. Quite a lot of what we've been told over the last 10 years is we've seen experiences of the Holy Spirit. So we go, we, you hear about everybody fell on the floor and barked like ducks or whatever. Quacked like a chicken and all that kind of, I don't know. Which is fine. If God wants to do that, please not here. But anyway. We can have a corporate experience of who he is. But I had a personal experience on my bunk bed where the Holy Spirit entered into who I was 
Do you see what I mean? I wasn't caught up where I, I didn't experience who he was. I did experience who he was, but now he's in me. Can you see the difference? I don't want us to be a church where we, I want us to be a church where we experience the Holy Spirit, but we invite him into us. We, we surrender our lives and say, by the come and be in me. Because I want to be a vessel that carries your presence. I don't want to experience your presence. I want to experience it and carry it. Amen? I want to be part of creating this new humanity. I want to be, I want to be part of what God wants to do in, in humanity, in society. And I acknowledge the only way I can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is our helper. John 14, 26 says, By the advocate of the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you things and will remind you of everything I have said. You know, the Holy Spirit, I want to get to know who he is, or it is, or I want to get to it. I want to understand more of who he is. Because I know that if I understand more of who he is, he can guide me through life. Um, I love surfing. And um, I'm this, this guy here on the screen, let me show you a picture. This is Kelly Slater. He's one year older than me. He's 11 times world champion. So I've got a bit of time. I've got a year. Um, he's 45 years old and amazing. He, I could tell you a lot about him. He was married to Pamela Anderson for a while. Didn't last. Um, he's got one daughter. Um, he, used to, he grew up in Florida. Um, I have actually met him. I've sat on the back of my car in a place called Rincon with a towel around me, sounds dodgy already, and he was sat opposite in his amazing 4x4. That's how close I've got to him. Um, I could tell you he's about 5 foot 10. He, he uh, lives a great life. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't eat junk food, does a lot for the planet. He's got his own surfboard make. He's sponsored by Quicksilver since he was 19. I can tell you all this stuff about him. Do I know him? If he walked into the room, he wouldn't say, oh, Mike, I remember you from 2013 when we sat opposite in Rincon Car. He wouldn't say that. He'd be like, you're just some super fan that freaks me out and won't leave me alone. And is now speechless because I've walked in the room. Uh, you, I, I can know a lot about him, uh, but I don't know him. And I think it's a little bit like that with us in our Christmas journey, Christian journey. We can know a lot about the Holy Spirit. We could probably rattle off, some of you could probably rattle off better theology than me around the Holy Spirit. You could give us some breakdown into the Hebrew, the Greek, and whatever, and all that kind of stuff. And you could put symbols on it and all that. But you know him. Or can you talk about him? You know, I, I don't want us to be a church where we talk about the Holy Spirit. I want to be a, a church that talks about the Holy Spirit as in we know him. As he shapes us, as he guides our life. You know, so if you want to get to know who the Spirit, Holy Spirit is, you've, you've, got to, you've got to do life with him. You've got to put him in control. You've got to allow him to, to lead your path and lead your direction. You've got to be filled with him. Romans 8, 11 says, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to, a, to your mortal body because his Spirit who lives in you. You know, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit into who we are, into our being. And because we live in a God who's gracious, a God who's, who's, uh, who's humbly loves us, we have to invite him in. You know, if I was God, I would change the plan. 
because I'd probably just kill everybody and get it all done over with. And, you know what I mean? But but we live in a gracious God who's trying to restore humanity back to himself. So we, so we have to ask the Holy Spirit into who we are. We have to invite him every day when we get up out of our beds in the morning. Because for uh, reading on, it says... Uh, in chapter 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit who receives, the, the Spirit you receive does not make you a slave, so you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought you out of adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. You know, I am a child of God, and I experience being a child of God through the Holy Spirit. You know, to be a child, you know, I have to love my mum and dad. You know, I've got great parents. I love my mum and my dad. I obey them. I honour them. I'm 44 years of old, and now if my mum still rings me up and she has a certain tone, I know I'm in trouble. And I honour her. You know, I represent. I, I take quite. I, I take a lot of honour of representing my family name. Representing the tailors, representing what my dad is and, and the things he did. You know, and it's like that with the Holy Spirit. We have to be children of God. We have to love and obey and represent and honor him. And we have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what, our, what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. But, and he searches our heart, knows our minds of our spirit, because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You know, for, for you to experience the Holy Spirit, for you to truly encounter who God is, you've got to give up your, your you've got to become dependent. You've got to give up your independence. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember at a young age saying, I think I was like 14, 15 and I remember having a conversation with my mum about if I die, I'm not bothered because I know where I'm going, which kind of freaked mum out a little bit. But I chose at a young age that I was going to dedicate myself to follow God and to, and to follow his spirit. Now, I can't say for the last how many years I've perfectly done that because there's been times where I've been so far away from God. But it's taken surrender for me to follow his path. The reason that I'm a pastor is not because this was the great best career choice I ever made. For those that are pastors in the room, we didn't just wake up one day and say, "I'll become a pastor." It's going to be great. We surrendered <laughs> fearfully and realized what we were going to take our family through, what we were going to take our personal. Do you know what I mean? We surrendered, and through that surrendering, the Holy Spirit comes in and leads. The the reason that that I've got a house that someone gave me £10,000 to buy is because I surrendered to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit took me into a place where that miracle could happen, but it came through surrendering. That makes sense? You know, and I, and I think, it, you know, we talk about, you know, it would have been so easy if Jesus was around now. You know, because we could go to Jesus and we could sit down and say, Jesus, tell us all about your Father in heaven and tell us about the Holy Spirit. But Jesus actually said it was better for him to go. You know, Jesus actually makes this comment that, that it's better for me to go. Because the great thing about the Holy Spirit is, is that we get to communicate with Jesus wherever we are. 
Because if Jesus was around now, we'd all have to fly to, to Jerusalem to go and find him. And he'd probably be surrounded by thousands and thousands of people. And we'd have to fight for the crowd and we'd go, oh, he's over there somewhere or he's on his Instagram account somewhere else or whatever. Um, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I get to communicate with Jesus and God wherever I am. I'm never, that, I'm never far from God. The only time I'm far from God is when I choose to be far from God. I'm only ever far from Jesus when I choose to be far from Jesus because through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can communicate with him wherever I am. 2 Corinthians 3.14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. You know, I get to fellowship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I get to have those moments when I'm walking up the mountain with my dog and I get to fellowship with, with Jesus and with God through the presence of the Holy Spirit. I say, Jesus, I want to walk with you. God, I want to talk to you. And it's the Holy Spirit that comes and, 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 and helps me physically feel his presence as I walk up that hill and communicate with him and, and do life with him. And when I get to the top of the hill, I'm out of breath, but I'm alive because I've, I've connected with something that I was designed to connect with. I've written like about eight pages. I won't go through them all. You know, we, we need to be people that walk through God, through life led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, acknowledging his power and embracing him. You know, if you want to know the, you know, if you want to know more about, if you want to know more of the experience of the Holy Spirit in your life, like we could do an altar call at the end and you could all come forward and I could pray and the Holy Spirit would touch you. I doesn't believe that. And you could go away and say on Sunday, whatever, the 20 something of, of July, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. But what I, what, but what, what I, what I want us to build our faith on is yes, we have those moments where we get prayed and we get filled, but I want to build our lives on, as a community of people, we seek his voice. We choose to be led by him. So when it comes to Monday morning, we go into work and we say, Holy Spirit, can you do this day with me? Can you lead me? Can you guide me? Can you give me direction? When I put the Holy Spirit in charge of my life, I've, I've seen him change my plans quite radically. Or, I've, or he's kept me awake at night praying about things, which I don't know why I'm praying about, but I just know I need to pray. There was a time when Amber was about eight months old and Maura's dad, Doug, who's, who's not with us anymore, um, was awake all night. We, we went, I was, I was working in a and &E and Amber had this rash and she had a high temperature that wouldn't go and... I knew it looked like meningitis, but um, I didn't want to panic Helen. So she's like, oh, what do you think? And I was like, oh, we better go to A&E. So she panicked because she said, you don't take anybody to A&E. And we went to A&E. I, I, I rang my mate Neil and I said, I'm coming in with Amber. I'm just not happy. I said, can you just get, I just, you know, I, I don't want to be a paranoid parent, but can you just give me the once over? He said, yeah, yeah, come on in. Went in um, and took her to my friend Neil. He was the, the registrar. And he's like, yeah, Mike, it's not good, is it? I was like, you're not meant to say that. You're meant to say she's just got tonsillitis. And he said, yeah, the rash isn't going. And he did bloods and all that. And they're like, well, it's not looking good, to be honest. It, it does look like this could be meningitis. So they sent us to the ward for the night. Doug, back in Chepstow, um, gets woken up in the middle of the night. He's probably in his 70s, almost 80s then, and starts praying all night long for Amber. 
doesn't know I'm in hospital. Prays all night long through, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he had spent the last 60 years, 70 years of his life walking with him, he didn't need me to ring him. He didn't need no doctor. He just knew. He was sensitive that, and he just prayed. In the morning, we got up. The doctors came around, and we don't know. They said, "Oh, we don't know what happened." And she said, "But every sign of what was happening last night is gone. Take her home and keep an eye on her." I knew I've got the clinical knowledge to spot meningitis. I've seen it enough time, and I know my friend Neil did. I believe my daughter had meningitis, but I believe through Doug's prayer all night long, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, healed my daughter. That's how we need to walk. That's how we need to walk. We need, you know, we 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 need to walk sensitive to His Spirit. We need we need to trust, you know, and and the more I trust the just some of the things I feel in the gut about things, the more God leads my path. You know, I, we've had some great opportunities come along as a church, and I've said no, and people say, "Why do you say no?" I can't tell you why. I've just said no because I'm sensitive. You know, me and Lewis were talking the other day about something that we were offered as a church. And, and, and Lewis is like, why aren't we doing that? I said, I just don't know. Just doesn't, doesn't sit with my spirit because I trust that's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I want to be, you know, you, you, we prayed for a friend of mine that I coached rugby with. We prayed as a church because he split up with his partner and that kind of stuff. And, 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 I, and I felt that God was drawing me into a relationship with, with, with him because God wants to do something in his life. So I pursued it. He's now going to be working two days a week with young offenders in our workshop. I got to sit with an hour with him for coffee on Friday and talk about what God was doing in my life. He actually cleaned the church with me. We hoovered and cleaned our toilets through a relationship that God is forming through the Holy Spirit. I could have quite easily said, oh God, I can't do any more people. But the Holy Spirit prompted me into a relationship. I believe he will be in church. As long as I stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit and shut up when I need to shut up and speak when I need to speak. Talk about God when I need to talk about God and talk about rugby when I need to talk about rugby. But I'm like, Holy Spirit, come and lead me. Does someone want to come up and play um, Disney for us? Actually, I would play Lewis, but I'm a bit rusty. You know, the saddest thing, and it grates me, is we made the Holy Spirit an event. We've made it an event. And, 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 and I've been in those meetings where, you know, I had a moment this morning where I just cried. I just like, yeah, because I, and I get that. I get all that. I get all that. I'm not knocking that. But an event is your only experience of who the Holy Spirit is. You're like a fan of Kelly Slater, but you don't really know him. Do you know what I mean? You're a fan of God, but you don't know him. I don't want us to be the event-based Holy Spirit church. I want us, I want to have moments, you know, where, where maybe we all end up on our knees crying. Because God, I want, I'm not against that. But I want us to be the church that wants to run in on a Sunday morning and say, let me tell you about this testimony. It's spiritual events. Well, we don't want to be event-based people. We want to be spiritually led people. And let me tell you, you cannot have 80 people in a room and expect us all to get on. Especially when I'm in charge. Because I forget half the things I've said. <laughs> 
The only thing that will hold this together is either religious control or the Holy Spirit. Because we'll say stuff to one another. We'll do things. We'll forget we promised things. We'll say the wrong thing. We'll, we'll do dumb stuff. But can we be the church that's held together by the Holy Spirit? Can we be the church that people walk through the door and say there's something different in this place? Because you're held together by something that's stronger than gorilla grip. And the religion, we're held together by the presence of the Holy Spirit who was one for us by, my, by God's Son who died on the cross. You don't need a theology for the stuff. You just need an open heart. Hey, thanks again for checking out Faith Church Online. We'd love it if you could subscribe to be notified when we release a new podcast. You can find out more of what's happening by going to at Faith Church Wales on social media or by heading to faithchurch.wales.